Hi everyone, this is Tom Wiley and welcome to the State of Work podcast, where we'll be mashing together the latest news, events and interviews with heavy hitters, all to discuss the ever-changing world of work. If you haven't already, hit that follow or subscribe button on your podcast platform so you'll never miss a beat. And now to this episode. Hello, hello and good morning everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, wow, do we have a great webinar for you in this session. Without further ado, today's webinar is talking around how accelerating business growth is one of the biggest challenges for businesses, let alone those still recovering from the disruption of the COVID-19 pandemic. We saw some industries shrink by up to 90% in April and May 2020 and others recording record highs. So this is actually a really hugely interesting topic to be talking uh, to you about today. Fun fact for you, overall, uh, the UK economy measured uh, a caused by gross domestic product shrank by a record 19.8% in the second quarter of 2020. And by September 2020, the GDP was still down by 8.2% compared with pre-pandemic February. But it's time for businesses to bite back. I'm your host today. My name is Lauren Hancock. So I'm the marketing director of eDays. And for those of you that don't know, eDays is the world leading provider of absence management solutions. We specialize in providing absence management software that supports growing businesses around the world. So if, you're, if your business strategy is to grow and you're wondering how HR can support those growth goals, then you are in the right place. Uh, this webinar today is going to talk specifically about five key growing pains that HR will face in a period of growth. And also specifically, specifically how absence management can help alleviate those pains. Um, now, some of you on this webinar will already be aware of the strains and frustrations that HR are put under when a business business's goal is to grow. Often we speak to HR leaders that, that feel that they're trying to perhaps keep up with that growth journey rather than driving it. Uh, and therein lies a really key opportunity for HR to, to lead from the front. So hopefully today we'll be sharing some very actionable initiatives that you can take away and start to build um, some really smart ways of working to really help drive that business growth from a people perspective. So before we move on to, to talk about the five key pains, I want to just introduce my esteemed panel of experts. So um, I'm joined today by Ian Reese. Ian is responsible for Filtermist's Group HR. And for those of you that don't know, Filtermist is a global manufacturer of uh, oil mist collectors and air cleaning systems. Uh, Filtermist has gone on a really steep growth journey over the last five years and has seen rapid uh, expansion throughout the pandemic due to the sort of air filtering nature of its products. Um, I'm also joined by Cara Nixon. Uh, Cara is the head of people services at Coca-Cola Euro-Pacific Partners, which I'm sure that you'll recognise uh, Coca-Cola as being one of the world's biggest brands in history. Coca-Cola uh, and its nearly 225 independent bottling partners employ more than 700,000 people, uh, helping bring economic opportunity to local communities worldwide. So let's talk about some of those growing pains faced by HR and discuss some of those potential remedies. OK, so, I mean, if any of you have read the uh, the book Good to Great by Jim Collins, you'll be familiar with this term of getting the right people on the bus. And this is so important when you're looking at business growth strategy. The following four points all weave so closely together like dominoes, but they all really need to stand tall in order to work in a growth scenario. So the first thing we need to consider here is um, your current level of flexibility. So if you want the flexibility to hire the very best candidates, no matter where they are in the country or indeed where they are in the world, uh, or perhaps you want to retain key staff that are perhaps looking to relocate, 
And having flexible systems and processes will really help you to handle this and, uh, and allow this to happen. I think the key thing to think about here is, you know, if you were looking to employ someone living in, on the moon right now, what would stand in your way? Process, access to the right tools, culture. I think being super flexible is the key to getting the right people in the right roles. So you need to remove anything that is standing in the way of that. Also, you need to be able to offer flexible working patterns at the different life stages of your employees. Not um, one size does not fit all. And I think now um, that is the key for growing businesses to, to sort of anticipate that employees will have different wants and needs from their employer in terms of operating working patterns. So again, don't let rigid processes stand in the way of being able to offer that flexibility. The second point is about being M&A ready. Um, if your business is planning to grow via a merger or acquisition, you need to have your house in order. You need to be ready to deliver a huge amount of data, particularly uh, absence data, actually, um, very quickly. So yeah, any any diligent acquisition process will want to understand um, your employee data, financial liability, holiday debts, uh, employee benefits, absence policies, cost of absence, sickness rates, just to name a few. Any compliance gaps will be found. So you need to have access to, to this really accurate and real time data. Um, if this is you and your business is considering a merger or acquisition, um, you know, this is a whole other webinar topic. Uh, we could talk for an hour about this easily. So I'd highly recommend that checking out um, our blog on the eight factors to consider when going through an acquisition. On to remote working and, and new talent pools. I think the, the pandemic era has taught teams to rely on cloud solutions, which are much cheaper tools than the traditional assets that businesses needed before the pandemic. These solutions are brilliant for trimming overheads that might otherwise stress company budgets. But again, I hear so many uh, barriers that stand in the way of re remote working models, um, such as you know tracking holiday requests and capturing sickness information on forms, having to rely on emails and spreadsheets to filter these through what is already a really quite cumbersome process. You know, lengthy form-based processes aren't conducive to a remote way of working, and, and frankly, it's, it's getting in the way of your HR team's productivity, which which is of course impacting bottom line. Um, and finally, your employee value employer value proposition. I think a, a positive culture and progressive time off policies around absence contributes to a really strong EVP and reputation, which is is going to increase your pool of candidates, aid your recruitment efforts. Uh, it's important to remember that job seekers are judging your employer brand with the same scrutiny as a, as a customer is evaluating consumer brands before they make a purchase. So it's really important that you've paid that extra attention to what you're, what you're offering candidates outside of salary. Um, Ian, if I can come to you first, you began to see issues initially due to, to Filtermist's rapid growth and, and you saw the acquisition, um, you went through various different acquisitions. Can you talk to us about the sort of your headcount and, and the workload and how it all practically grew overnight and what you did to help better support your, your the new teams that you had on the bus, so to speak. Well, yes, thanks. Um, we grew quite rapidly, as you, as you said. We, we grew from 30 people right up to 260 people within uh, about a year. Uh, and we originally, well, traditionally, um, operated a, a paper-driven system. So you can imagine once we grew to the size that we did, operating a system where people filled out forms for absence and holiday requests etc wasn't practical and in fact uh, the person that used to receive them you know effectively spent the whole time um, trying to um, administer uh, the forms uh, and inevitably you get the queries that come off the back of it so we needed a better solution and that's where we chose um, uh, the e-days um, solution and it's 
pretty much transform what we were doing. So we now have people that are obviously in control of um, their time um, management, where they are, when they're off. We also empower all the managers then. The managers then have responsibility, you know, have responsibility for their teams. Um, and we can use the um, eDays reporting functions to obviously produce weekly and monthly KPIs. So we, we're in better control of, um, you know, what's going on in our business and um, uh, how our people are doing in terms of their attendance. So it's been an absolute uh, godsend, to be honest. And um, in a way, it's almost like we've gone from the, the dark ages into the, you know, the 21st century. So that was the, the key thing for us. Fantastic. Thank you. And of course, I, I guess, you, you know, like like most businesses, you've you've suffered um, with the, the the stress of the pandemic and having sort of um, having to adopt different cultures and uh, maybe that be with remote working or um, socially distanced in your manufacturing uh, plants. So lots of different things that are impacting uh, impacting the business there. Which does take me on really for um, our second point, which is around how um, growing pains number two, which is around how um, cultivating the growth. Uh, culture you need to provide a consistent exp- uh, employee experience we hear all the time at eDays actually uh, customers asking us about how they can improve the employee experience um, and here what we do is urge urge them to look at the absence ripple effect which is what I'm showing you on screen now the notion of this is that if you've got a negative or perhaps even reactive absence culture at the heart of your business you're going to see this ripple out into hugely important growth areas if you think about it absence corresponds with key moments in your existing employees' lives, whether that be sickness, whether they're on honeymoon or trips out with the kids or bereavement. And I think having a really positive culture around absence makes them feel supported during these moments that matter to them. Um, And it's proven to be actively engaging. However, the opposite is true. Um, If you have a poor culture or your your employees feel unsupported in those moments, it's extremely disengaging. so it you know affects so many aspects of the employee experience. For example, um, looking at the diagram here, if you can see um, if your employees feel that they have to justify sickness or time off, or perhaps they feel that they can't quite tell the truth about the time away from their business for whatever reason, um, then this affects their engagement levels, which impact their productivity, which decreases their employee job satisfaction, increases turnover, and of course, then um, causes slower growth so getting this positive absence culture nailed is key to, to support the, the growth agenda. Cara, if you're on the call, if I can come to you now, um, you use eDays to manage your sickness throughout Coca-Cola's uh, CCEP. Um, can you talk us through a bit about your sickness culture and any initiatives that you've had in place to ensure that your employee experience is, is consistent across the business? Yeah, so we've been doing a lot of work on, um, on our culture at CCEP. And I don't know whether you've talked yet about mergers and acquisitions, but Coke's got a, a large history of um, lots of mergers and acquisitions. So in 2016, we did a merger with um, Germany and Iberia. So it was really bringing together three quite different cultures um, and trying to make one one CCEP um, culture. And again, this as of Monday, just another acquisition and uh, bought the Australia, New Zealand, Papua New Guinea, Indonesia business. So we'll do some more on that as well. But what we introduced was around um, some accelerate performance sessions. So starting really from leadership, sort of doing a four days and then dropping down three days, two days, one day training with um, everyone across the business, which we call accelerate performance to talk about our culture, what we wanted to be like, the importance of um, we had listening and caring was a really big 
topping on it. Um, and that for me feeds so strongly into an absence culture as well of how do you, you know, how do you make people feel really engaged with the business? Um, and those sessions were all about trying to make people feel tied in with what our culture is, part of it, you know, part of shaping it, um, and you know, helping people really connect, connect with the business. So since then, we've sort of done quite a few follow-ups on that around sort of that positive culture. One of our slogans that came from it was called uh, Be Yourself, Be Valued and Belong, which I absolutely love as a company. Um, it was like an employee slogan of actually bring your bring yourself to work, bring your true self to work. And, um, and that helps people to really feel engaged and connected with the business as well. They aren't they aren't having to um, you know, be someone else when they turn up for work. You can you can bring your true self, and so lots of messages are you know around around that, and how do we make sure we're really inclusive and um, you know helping people and, and trying to understand where there are challenges. And this year obviously has been you know a year like no other with those challenges, and how do we support you know people with caring responsibilities, whether that's for you know for children, for for older relatives, etc. You know how are we making sure that we can be as flexible um in our in our culture as possible with that yeah absolutely um and is there anything in particular that you offer to your to your teams to to support i mean it, this year i mean flexibility has been really the, the 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 key part of it so you know flexible whether that's working days working hours um you know before you know, before or after so we started off with some earlier on in the in um sort of april time last year we we kicked off some virtual um, manager training sessions of how to have well-being conversations with your team. So how to really, you know, how to listen to your team members to see what their challenges are. And obviously it sounds um, something all managers can already do, but actually, you know, making sure that people really are asking the right questions um, and not just taking, you know, yeah, I'm fine on face value and actually kind of diving into it a bit, a bit more with their team members. So really kind of going through and understanding what challenges they are that they're really facing and how do we try and solve those together um which is in the best of you know, both of our interests that, that um you know, we can help them and they can continue to work as well brilliant that sounds fantastic and you mentioned at the start there that you've gone on a huge acquisition journey and i think that's um that leads really nicely on to our point number three which is around um compliance um, and the fact that if your business is considering growth internationally with expansions into new geographies or, you know, HR is absolutely pivotal to that operation. And um, we've heard of, of absolute horror stories of businesses that have you know, moved into new territories with no boots on the ground, so to speak, and tried to sort of roll out and repeat of their traditional model. I mean, I'm sure some of you will have heard the sort of story in the press late last year surrounding a very well-known global retailer that was sort of fined. £32.1 million for their GDPR breach relating to personal data being stored around sickness. Um, so it's, it's really, really a key a key point. Um, so here are a few things that you need to think about now if you're perhaps expanding into some into new territories. Um, the first being your data security. Obviously, if you're um, currently using spreadsheets or paper-based forms, this has the lowest form of data security, which is going to give you really less control over the whole process. Um, so you'll want to ensure that your data uh, that you're holding in your teams in each region doesn't uh, breach any local laws as well. Um, like in the case of, of H&M, um, what they were doing was perfectly legal in one country, but just not in another. So you need to really know what these law laws are. Uh, oh, by the way, there's a really helpful free resource if you um, would like to use it on the eDays website called the Compliance Hub, which um, which you should go check out. And I can provide you with links to those after the webinar. 
Speaking of laws and legislations, you need to make sure that you're giving your new employees what they're entitled to. I mean, this sounds so obvious, but we speak to so many businesses that aren't in a position to do this very easily. Um, Your HR teams will have a lot of pain if they're going to try uh, and maintain different absence rules, different policies, different entitlement pots across multiple countries if you don't have a system to help you do this. So um, really be mindful of the extra work that that will cause. Or, of course, speak to us because that along, uh, that issue, along with many others, is the exact reason that eDays was built. So moving on now to payroll. Again, it's going to be really complicated if your um, growth is taking you from having perhaps single country, a fairly simple business model, to suddenly having a very complex business needs with multiple country HR processes to consider. I mean, at the very least, you'll have a variety of new leave entitlement calculations to work out. I mean, for example, we had one client recently that, um, was expanding their acquisition into new offices um, into Denmark, where by you know you're not allowed to take leave in your first year, just statutory days. But obviously you do accrue it for your second year. So, uh, as well as um, an office in Singapore, where by if you have children you get more days off, and the US, whereby um, you earn time off. So for every week or month that you work, you get a day off. So their payroll teams were having a real nightmare trying to keep up with all of those calculations before they came to new days, of course. So really here you'll need to map out your challenges ahead and and work out the scalability of your HR operation. And even even if your growth isn't international, let's say you've acquired a new business in the UK, um, then you're potentially going to need to include uh, other absence days, sickness types, policy changes, sickness entitlements, etc. When you went through an acquisition process, did you have to merge absent policies and entitlements, etc.? And if so, I'd love to I'd love to hear more about that. Oh, I thought it was almost coming almost back then, but I think it just gone once again. Um, yeah, so we've got we um, I mean, we've got so many different um, different policies to be honest. And even if you take some of the history of of Coke, it's a really it, it was a very um, really disjointed lots of small bottlers. So when you look at if I look at Spain for example, Spain itself has 25, 26 different legal entities, um, which where they were all little family businesses. So we actually have a huge variety in you know in absence and in in policies around um around that so it is quite a challenge for us across ccp of of those ones so we actually haven't really got the good answer i think to this one um we you know we haven't really aligned um but obviously you know aligned with local laws but but not across the company yeah it's a difficult one isn't it <laughs> it really yeah it really is and what do you offer in each of the in each of the countries yeah there's that sort of balance between sort of the culture in each country and then yet the consistency across the business you sort of have to weigh that up and I think that's a, a kind of key challenge for for any HR to to, to navigate oh well, thank you um I mean back back with you Cara I mean I'm sure that we all know that a healthier team tends to to be a happier team so if I can come straight to you on this one, I'm sure people listening to this webinar today would love to learn more about how you're putting in the, the best measures to support people um, having you know in, in, to be healthy and happy at work. Can you talk to us a bit about that? Yeah. So we obviously we have um, we have a few things in place, such as you know, we have an office gym, um, which you know, is all discounted membership. And you know, our canteen is supporting healthy eating. And uh, well, but obviously in the last year, that hasn't really helped anybody because it's all been office based, which everyone now is not. Um, so we also, you know, we've got um, you know, quite, quite a lot of initiatives that, that go on through teams um, you know, through the through the pandemic of even just things like walking challenges and there's always those those sorts of things which are trying to be actively encouraged um 
we had like a CCEP wide um, like Strava challenge where you know you could sign up to the to the group and sort of compete against um, you know colleagues in different countries as well and to ultimately get to a goal of uh, you know traveling around the world um, in in sort of in step count which uh, was you know good fun I didn't contribute you know too many too many kilometers <laughs> with my walking but, uh, you know, <laughs> some people were very impressive then we kind of I guess also try and try and you know in helping in and where we use e-days with you know return to works as well as how do we support and understand what the challenges are for for people's health we do have a bit of an aging workforce in particularly in our supply chain areas where you know, it's great people have stayed with the company for such a long period of time um but actually now they have been here for 30 or, or you know or so years um you know obviously it's becoming a bit more of an aging workforce so health is really an important part in our particularly in our supply chain of how are we supporting people what challenges are people having um and those return to works are really a critical part for us to understand you know are there some adjustments that we need to make or you know how, how can we support people in in working healthily um and safely um in in our sites yeah absolutely and i think identifying those health issues kind of um is is really key to being proactive and going back to that sort of um the power to care if you like about um and using e-days to, to help support that and yeah in the future and then you know through covid we had welfare discussions so with anyone that was counted as a you know vulnerable vulnerable or an extremely vulnerable person, they all received a phone call from our employee relations team um, who really spoke to them about any concerns they had or, you know, and it was open to anybody, but it was really anyone that had, um, mostly it was people that had flagged that they were, you know, vulnerable or extremely vulnerable. And you know, just making sure we really stayed in contact with them you know, directly with with um, you know, with the employee relations team. So they had a contact in you know, HR, which we call people and culture. Um, yeah, just to make sure that they were really they were really connected and we understood what their you know what their concerns were and how we you know how we can help them through the year yeah that sounds great and and sort of um you mentioned on our pre pre-call about sort of redeploying um that the role their work if, if they were unable to to do it i mean did, did you have anything in place to sort of help manage that yeah so we do that both through covid um you know some some redeployment so you know particularly so you know through it we had our um uh um supply chain colleagues were all working um on site um you know throughout the throughout the pandemic um so really those people that were you know vulnerable couldn't be couldn't be there so you know finding new projects or new work that they could do from home um uh you know same same as where sales teams were back a bit you know were were not working the whole period but were working for some of it so again sort of supporting those people into different roles but we also do it in general so if you know um supporting people into into different parts of the business if they they can no longer work on you know in supply chain how do you then help them to retrain for a different role um that you know that, that suits their um their health yeah absolutely absolutely it's great to hear that you're using e-days to help support with all of that as well it's really good to hear fantastic thank you and then coming on to our, our sort of fifth and final pain if you like um i mean it goes without saying that there are many attributes that added together make a high performing team from trust and communication clear goals and strong leadership to, to name a few in fact i'm sure many of you on the webinar today have written chapter and verse on what makes a good team 
Um, but businesses grow as a result of people working together to achieve something really special. So here we can look at absence management as a, as a differentiator, something that's going to set the good and the great teams apart. So first of all, I'd like to look at visibility. You know, if your managers aren't sure who in their teams are working on Friday and who aren't, you know, how can you expect them to perhaps wish uh, the colleague that's off a happy wedding anniversary or to send them well wishes from their time away from work? And you know, it goes back to those moments that matter and people feeling really valued and cared about. Um, and also, if your managers can't see who's working next week or next month without having to troll calendars and send emails or checking multi-click systems, you know, how, how are they going to deliver the work as per the plan? Or how are they going to approve or reject any holiday requests if they've got no real idea who else is off? Like absence visibility across teams is really key and effective for teamwork. So, you know, don't leave it till Monday morning before you tell the rest of the team that Sarah is going to be off all week, for example. Absence uh, cover and resource allocation. So, you know, if you're unable to predict absence levels, this should be a really key priority for when you leave this webinar today. I think being able to sort of trend data and predict when your people might be off allows you to really scale up your operation when you need to and also provide that helpful advice to people uh, to keep them well and also just to ensure that absence abuse is kept to a real minimum. This leads me on to, to performance, actually. I mean, of course, there are some absences that you just can't predict, uh, but you can predict a modelled response. So typically, uh, if an employee is ill, that the person covering their work is generally 30% less productive. So you need to account for that when reallocating the work, knowing that the output is potentially going to be 30% less. And also, if even if someone is unwell, but they haven't actually called in sick, productivity will still take a hit. So these 80% of us have said to have worked whilst feeling unwell, um, particularly in, in a remote and home environment. So even though we all know and on our A game, we tend to try and be heroes and, and, and come to work. And that's hugely detrimental to businesses uh, that are looking to grow. It's costing billions in the UK and trillions in the US. Uh, again, it goes back to that absence culture, setting the right tone so that your teams know that if they're not 100%, then they're not at work. And interestingly on that, um, ACAS, reported, um, ACAS published a report yesterday that said that the majority of costs associated with um, company workplace conflict come from um, re resignations, absences and presenteeism, which together are costing the UK £14.7 uh, billion annually. Again, I've got the I've got the um, link to that report, which I can send around after. But it's such an interesting one that you know really need to stamp out that presenteeism um, if you're going to if you're going to uh, grow at scale. And then the final point here is around reward. Again, as businesses grow organically, uh, it often requires a certain level of cutbacks, which will affect your power to um, review salaries and your ability to kind of keep and attract the best new talent. Um, however, you can use absence as a lever to kind of set you apart. Uh, we did a poll recently that asked people if they would prefer more money or more time off. And more time off was a really clear winner on the poll. And this is something well within your sphere of control. Um, so you know, really look at your absence policies to see how you could perhaps offer something different here. Um, at E-Days, we offer something called Me-Days, um, uh, which are a couple of extra days in the year to really do something that focuses on yourself. Um, I know of other businesses such as Brewdog, where they offer paternity leave if you're, if you're perhaps buying a new, a new puppy. Um, so really look at some cool and quirky time off um, and position that as great value add for your employee, uh, employer uh, value proposition. And, and, and finally, um, 
to, to Cara and to Ian. Ian, if you're on the call, you know, if your people are out of the business for whatever reason, obviously you need to make sure that there's you know minimal impact on the delivery of work and, and uh, in your supply chains and manufacturing plants, etc. So how, how do you um, cover sicknesses or, or resource allocation or perhaps use some of that trend analysis in e-days to pick up when there are likely bouts of sickness or, or absence to to really help you um, take the best course of course of action? I mean, it's, it's a challenging one, isn't it? So we haven't found particularly any um, you know, any key any key trends of you know, being able to predict um, people's absences at this at this point. But it's still still early days. Um, but I think you know, with, with supply chain, we tend to then use a lot of agency, which is obviously really expensive. Um, so it's a, it's a really big a big issue for us. And then other teams end up just not you know and covering, um, which you know does does obviously decrease you know, performance and what you can actually achieve in a period of time. So it is a re- you know it's obviously a really big impact um, you know, on the business. I think we haven't really got a good um, uh, you know, a, a good way yet of, of how do we do it without really incurring a lot of expense to um, to cover. And as you said, they're then thirty percent um, less productive. So you know, you're 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 spending and not getting the same productivity. I mean, very similar to us, to be honest. It's very difficult to predict uh, what's happening. I mean, we we use these day systems to you know have visibility of of what's going on, and then we can obviously intervene if 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 we need to. Um, you know, to, uh, try to support anybody that that might be on any. Um, potential lengthy absence but we're the same we're having to fall back on you know temporary resource um, but I suppose if anything it does just give us a chance to sort of analyse it and, and cost it and see what the impact it is you know having on our business. Absolutely and Cara you mentioned that you had some statistics around kind of um, the impact of Covid on the medical days last and and, and how yes. you've kind of how, you, how, how you've used that data. Yeah, I mean, we haven't we haven't really used it. Um, you know, it's, it's all a bit more um, you know, looking at the past. Um, but I think um, you know, it's almost doubled really of what we would normally have in a normal year. So typically, um, we just to sort of short term absence days. We're you know we're losing around two thousand days um, in a year. Um, it's just you know, for in GB and actually COVID itself lost uh, just over two thousand days due to either a self-isolation or um, quarant- quarantining or uh, actually having COVID or a suspected COVID or a care of a dependent for COVID um, was just in just over 2,000 days. So um, pretty much just over double what we would mm. normally see in a, in a regular year. So absolutely huge um, on the impact this you know, in the last, um, that was up, uh, I think up to from around uh, March to March, March 2020 to March 2021. Um, with, with those with those figures so you know really it's a massive impact for a business to um to still to still be able to keep producing and keep running almost to um you know the say the same effect but with that with uh, a lot less people yeah absolutely i think you really blazed a trail actually with regards to your sort of adding absence types so when covid hit and you began to build those absence types into e-days around so that you could really understand what was going on who was self-isolating who was isolating because of the care of like you say a, a dependent and who had covid who all of those things really help i guess with your you know um, looking back on that data and really analyzing kind of what had what had gone on and for future pandemics i guess we, we might need that uh, that data <laughs> yeah and trying to be yeah there's also just some management side of that as well and try, trying to be fair and making sure that you know we're, we're really not encouraging anyone to come to work if they had any slight um you know, 
slight symptoms or, or anything like that we you know stay at home was was the was the message um but you know also to make sure people weren't abusing it as well um you know if you're being asked to self-isolate and you're being asked, asked to self-isolate and you can see that in the pattern every month you know also making sure that those triggers were picked up that you know that they might need to have a have a, have a discussion on why they were self-isolated so frequently so also from that management side as well yeah yeah that's so interesting thank you <clears throat> okay so um just to summarize then um absence can undoubtedly be harder to manage the more your company grows and the more exposure that hr has to to business complexity so managing absence effectively has to be something that you get right but it's not something that you should be keeping you awake at night um, so you know, the five growing pains that we've spoken about today each offer you opportunities to kind of impact growth. And, and so we're just going to summarise by revisiting those key recommendations. Um, starting with recruitment, getting the right people on the bus with a really flexible approach uh, to where you're hiring from and how flexible your working patterns can be. Also, making sure that you're bringing on new people through merger or acquisition in, in the right way and the right approach. So, as I said, we do have a, a whole heap of ideas for future blog, uh, future webinars, and, and there is a blog available for that. So, um, but looking at your employee employer value proposition here as well. So, looking outside of the things that you can uh, offer a prospective employee outside of salary package is, is key. Um, moving on to looking at your absence culture. Um, revisiting the absence ripple effect and looking at your own business to really assess how positive your absence culture really is. Um, I think you know, encouraging managers to really look upon those moments that matter and giving them the tools so that they can care easily for, um, for their teams. Um, and whilst compliance is not the sexiest of topics to talk about, it's really vital to get right. So after this webinar today, please go away, audit where your data is currently living. I think that if they're living in pockets of spreadsheets, etc., is it all in one system? Really need to to um, to get that right. And if you're potentially growing in new regions, um, you need to do your homework and make sure that you're using the right tools for the job to make multi-country compliance as easy as possible. I would also urge you to do a health check on your teams and ask them to ask them for the support that they need in their lives. Um, there might be some behaviours going on which you either can't see or you can't trend. So really make sure that you're promoting the fact that absence matters and absence is, is not a bad word. And finally, um, at teamwork, obviously making sure that every single manager has the full visibility of who is in and who is out in, you know, in their teams. Really give them the power to, to care for those moments that matter. And again, promote the fact that ill people working are not heroes. Um, you know, set, a, set time aside to really work out how you're going to um, stamp out presenteeism and really uh, embrace a, a positive absence culture. So thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you found that really useful. I would like to just open up um, now for any questions by myself or, or um, with our panel guests, Ian and Cara. Okay, so we've got a question here from Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Uh, are you able to give any tips on how you support flexibility for working parents without inadvertently discriminating against people with without without kids we had some very long conversations about this and <laughs> the wording of how you get that wording get the wording right when we were coming out with um not so much policy changes but with you know with recommendations and it, we sort of and i can't remember exactly how we phrased it in the end but we we were making very sure that we were talking about anyone with caring responsibilities or self-care um needs you know to to kind of um think about your flex you know having that flexibility um and 
obviously, particularly in the last year with things taking a toll on mental health, it was around that part of self-care as well as care of others um, was kind of how we mostly tried to phrase things. Um, that other people need flexibility as well, not just because of looking after children. So you know, how, how, do, how are we um, supporting everybody who needed it? Yes, same, same with us. Is that a really good point, Cara? It's a well-being thing, so it's a well-being thing for everybody, um, rather than just sort of singling to uh, particular individuals, even though we understand the, you know, the impact of homeschooling and how that affected people that had to do it. But we needed to be, you know, balanced across the whole um, the whole workforce. Brilliant. Thank you, guys. Um, and another question to you both. Uh, it says, both Ian and Cara mentioned empowering managers with training around instilling a positive absence culture. How important are managers to this process versus communications from central people teams? For, for me, critical. Um, the central teams in some ways can say all they like. And if you've got a manager that's saying the opposite, you know, you that the teams are listening to the manager more frequently than they are listening to the central teams. So I think having the managers really on board with the right messages and having had the right training and having those discussions, um, they are the closest people to, to the employees in their team. Um, so you know, then making sure they're supporting them is, is, is the, is the critical the part of it to actually work. Otherwise it becomes a corporate message that isn't really followed or isn't really, isn't, isn't, isn't the core values. Um, unless the managers are living those and sharing those and uh, you know and, and working with their teams to you know to support them yeah I think like with us we we the issue is that you can't divest your responsibilities as a line manager to the to the central function and you know even though some people would like to do that you've got to have you know a close relationship with your you know with your teams um with the support of the you know the the, the central area so it is a you're right, it is uh, making sure there's a consistent message across the business. And, and, and most of the time, though, it's just making sure that um, line managers are comfortable, they've had the training, that they've got the support that they need. And, and part of it then is down to experience. You know, the more they're involved with this stuff, the more they're, you know, comfortable uh, with doing it. Yeah. And actually, we did a, um, a manager Q&A through the pandemic last year, which we updated, I mean, almost daily in the, in, in the early stages, which was then sent out to all managers on an almost daily basis and it was on, on our like us our intranet site as well um just to make sure they felt they had the information they needed so if they were getting questions or they had anything coming through they had you know our most recent thoughts and how we were trying to handle things and what we were the, what the company was doing um you know, available to them on a regular basis so that they could answer the questions from their employees um but they could be informed as well thanks guys um, and just, I think we've got time for for one last question um, from Emma. Hi, Emma. Um, have Cara and Ian found that certain teams have needed more support to use e-days effectively? Well, from my point of view, yes, because we've got a manufacturing um, uh, you know capacity in, in our business. So we do find that we've got a few people that aren't sort of, you know, too IT literate. But we've worked around that really by um, um, the authorizers, the line managers that can do the authorizing on e-days literally will help. Um, and support um, individuals that, are, that you know don't have access to it but to be honest I mean when I do inductions with new staff um, I show them a very quick you know demo of it but it's such a, a straightforward easy system to use that most people are up and running you know straight away so um, they find it probably easier than having to fill out forms a lot of the time yeah yeah I guess uh, similar similar to us and um, it was a bit of a change it used to in our old system they had a phone number to call which was they would speak to a nurse so this is um obviously a lot a lot of a, a different process for them 
Um, for our supply chain teams, it worked really well. We uh, did some QR codes and the core information on some little uh, credit card sized um, cards um, that fit into their holders, their badge holders for work. So actually what they've got is their badge on one side and then this E-Days card on the back of it. So if they're off, they can just, you know, with their with their phones, click into it quite quickly, um, which has kind of helped that change management side on site because um, that was their their challenge was remembering where to find it. Um, so now they've got it attached to them at all moments. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thank you. Well, we're absolutely bang on time. Um, so I just want to say one final thank you to, to both Ian and to Cara and to say that I hope um, I hope that there's some key takeaways in there for for you and that um, you can go away and take a take a deep dive into your absence management and see where there are potentially opportunities for you to to improve that. And of course, if there um, if you do feel like you want to talk to us, we are here. As I say, we are absence management specialists. We are aiding uh, business growth around the world. So um you know, we're, we're well versed to talk, talk to you about that. Um, and as I say, I will follow this up with all the couple, uh, there's various different links that I've, I've talked about today. So we'll follow those up with uh, with an email with those links on. So you'll have that. And also we'll give you a copy of this recording today. So you'll have that uh, to look back on. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, guys. I hope you have a fantastic rest of the day. Bye bye. We hope you enjoyed this amazing episode of State of Work. Thanks for being with us and we hope to see you next time. If you have any questions or feedback for us, feel free to head over to e-days.com and get in touch. Alternatively, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn. Bye for now.